vineyards growing on an active volcano, pasta named after an opera, and a cake in honor of a martyred saint. We must be in Catania, Sicily. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the podcast. I'm your host, Brent Peterson. This week, we're in Catania, Sicily. Catania is a city that sits in the shadow of Europe's most dangerous volcano, Mount Etna, And Mount Etna has done damage to the city several times. Perhaps that's why there's a certain fatalism to the people who live in Catania. Or maybe it's the black volcanic rock that's used to build many of the structures in Catania that gives it kind of a gloomy feel when you first visit. But dig a little deeper and you find Catania is full of young, vibrant energy from the university population and a great love of life which, of course, translates to the table. So, let's eat. What to eat? Hey, you gonna finish that? On Destination Eat Drink. Quick, what's the first thing that pops into your mind when I say the word Bellini? Sunday brunch, right? Sunday brunch with a Prosecco cocktail. Well, when we talk about Bellini in Catania, we're not talking about the cocktail. That was invented in Venice. What we're talking about is Vincenzo Bellini, who was a child prodigy from Catania who later wrote some of the world's most famous operas. And the reason I'm telling you about opera when we're talking about food is because his most famous opera was Norma. And if you click on my website destinationeatdrink.com, you can see a video of Maria Callas, perhaps the world's most famous soprano, singing Bellini's opera, Norma. It was so famous, Norma, that they named a dish in Catania after the opera. It's called Pasta alla Norma, and it's spaghetti with tomato sauce, marinara, ricotta salata cheese, Always sheep's milk in Sicily. You always get sheep's milk cheese, sheep's milk ricotta. Um, Fried eggplant and a little bit of basil. It's fantastic. It's super simple. It's a very rustic dish, and it captures the mood of Catania perfectly. Any self-respecting trattoria in Catania will have a version of pasta alla norma. In fact, there's tons of versions, and you can now get pasta alla norma all around Sicily, not just in Catania. You can get it all over Italy. You'll even see it served on American menus. But the one place to get pasta alla norma is in Catania. And if you click on my website, you'll see I have my own recipe of pasta alla norma. If your taste runs less towards the traditional and more towards the modern, check out a restaurant called Food. It's spelled F-U-D. They have a restaurant in Catania. They also have one in Milan and I think another one somewhere in Italy. And for some reason in Sicily and in Italy in general, American hamburgers have taken over. Uh, as a very popular food. And food, F-U-D, has jumped on this bandwagon, and they make a lot of burgers there. They also have really good, surprisingly, really good American-style home-cut French fries there. 
They make their own ketchup. It's a really fun place, too. They have butcher block on the uh, tables, and a lot of kids go there. Catania's a university town, so there's lots of young people there. It leads to the vibrancy that you feel whenever you're in Catania. In fact, the last time we were there, we were hanging out near the university, just uh, watching the world go by, when... I don't know, 40 or 50 university students came out, they unfurled this giant banner, and they started making what I assume were political speeches, some kind of speeches. It was obvious they were upset about something, not violent, of course, but they were definitely trying to make their point about whatever the subject was, and it really led to a sense of excitement when we were in Catania. Even more famous than Vincenzo Bellini is St. Agatha of Sicily. St. Agatha was a 15-year-old consecrated virgin who was imprisoned by a Roman prefect when she rebuked his advances. She went to prison. She was tortured. It's a, I'll warn you right now, this is an extremely gruesome story, what happened to St. Agatha. But here's the story. She was tortured. She later had her breasts cut off. And when she still refused to renounce her faith, she was rolled in hot coals and eventually died. This made her a martyr, and the city of Catania took her on as their patron saint and built this magnificent Sicilian Baroque church on the Piazza del Duomo in Catania. And you can see it. It's a marvelous example of Sicilian Baroque architecture. The facade is gorgeous. There's statues dotted all around. It's worth your time to see. It's really quite spectacular. And St. Agatha's feast day in Catania comes every February 5th. And there's huge celebrations all around Catania, including at her, uh, at her church. But the thing that everyone in Catania does around St. Agatha's feast day is to have this sponge cake called the Cake of St. Agatha. It's a sponge cake. It's filled with ricotta and chocolate, sometimes candied fruit, covered in white icing and topped with a cherry. The cakes are round, sort of a dome shape, in honor of St. Agatha's dismembered breasts, which to me is just an absolutely crazy way to celebrate a saint. But that's what they do in Catania. They eat these little cakes that are shaped like St. Agatha's breasts. So year after year, thousands and thousands of these cakes are consumed. They're quite delicious and if you're there during the feast day of St. Agatha, don't miss out on the celebrations. Many of them are late at night, but there's fireworks and there's very exciting uh, gatherings going on in the main square in Catania. Orancini, Italian for little orange, are becoming a very trendy food in American restaurants. You'll see them in fancy Italian restaurants in the United States everywhere now. But the funny thing is, Orancini aren't fancy sit-down food in Catania. Orancini is street food that you can find just about everywhere. And if you haven't become a part of the Orancini craze in the United States, let me tell you what Orancini are. Orancini are rice balls, which are filled with traditionally ragu, but now in Catania you can find them filled with just about anything under the sun. Mushrooms, peas, seafood, eggplant... Uh, sausage, anything that you can think of, are stuffed into orancini. They're coated with breadcrumbs, and then they're deep fried. And the best places to find orancini are 
anywhere where they're coming fresh out of the fryer. Everyone sells orancini in Sicily, in Catania. You'll see them uh, from street vendors. You'll see them in what we call Italian delis, little walk-in places where they've got glass display cases filled with food. And some of these have been sitting around for a couple hours or maybe even a day. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can grab them and munch on them while you walk around. But for me, the best ones are the hot orangini that come right out of the oven. You can still see a little bit of the oil sparkling on the side. They'll toss a little salt on them. Crunchy and hot and steamy and delicious orangini in Catania. Now, there's two different kinds of orangini in Sicily. If you go to Palermo, what you get are these round orangini, orangini that are just shaped like a globe. But in Catania, they have a different kind of orangini that are cone-shaped. And these orangini are cone-shaped, a lot of people say, because of Mount Etna. If you're anywhere in Catania and you look north, there it is, Mount Etna. You can't miss it. It looms on the horizon anytime you look north. And the orangini in Catania is kind of a tribute to Mount Etna. Is there a big difference between the Palermo and the Catania uh, orangini? Not really, although I slightly prefer the ones from Catania, and here's why. When you get to the tip of that cone, it gets really crispy and crunchy, and I particularly like that in the Catania orangini. Want to drink? I'll have another on Destination Eat Drink. Catania is a university town, and it embraces this youth culture near the university where there's lots of bars, open-air cafes, and even discos that cater to young people. Older folks can go there, too, and have a good time. I particularly recommend a Putia dell'Ostello. This is a basement bar. It's attached to a hostel. I think the hostel might run it. That doesn't matter. Uh, go downstairs into the bar. There's a river running through the bar, which makes for just a fantastic atmosphere. For me personally, I tend to go towards a more quiet, relaxed atmosphere. That's why I go to Una Hotel Palace. Uh, this is a big hotel on Via Etna. And if you go up to the roof, there's a great bar on the roof. They have low-slung furniture with lots of cushions. They serve food, too. But this is where I go to get a great glass of Sicilian wine on their rooftop bar. Sicilian wine has really undergone a cultural shift over even the last 10 or 15 years. Used to be back in the 90s, you could get a bottle of Sicilian wine for $6. And sometimes it was good, sometimes it was horrible. But now there's lots of really high-end, top-quality wine producers coming out of Sicily. And on eastern Sicily, where Catania is located, there's two excellent wine-growing regions. Probably the most famous grape in, uh, in Sicily is the Nero d'Avola. The Nero d'Avola wines coming out of Sicily are very, very good. And they're grown in the area around Syracuse, not too far from Catania. And you can get great wines uh, with Nero d'Avola. The other hot wine-growing region in eastern Sicily is on Mount Etna. That's right. They're planting vineyards, growing grapes, and making wine on the slopes of an active volcano. And that's because the soil around Mount Etna 
is volcanic, not surprisingly. It's also full of minerals, which grapes and vines love to grow in. So they're planting these vineyards and they're making excellent wines there. I just worry about growing wine on an active volcano. I mean, every couple of years, you'll hear about an explosion on Mount Etna. I think just last year, somebody got injured. A film crew from the BBC got injured while going up on Mount Etna when it exploded and some hot lava rocks came out. So it's not any small feat to be growing grapes on Mount Etna. You really have to have some guts to do that. The wine that they make is called Etna Rosso, and you should look for it. It's a blend, and it's excellent. Etna Rosso. Things to do and places to see. I don't know. What do you want to do? On Destination Eat Drink. For more on all the places we talk about in this episode of Destination Eat Drink and lots more information about Catania, Sicily, go to the website destinationeatdrink.com. Click on Italy. Click on Catania. Speaking of Mount Etna, Mount Etna looms large not only on the horizon of Catania, you can see it from practically anywhere in the city, but also in the history of Catania. In 1669, there was a major eruption of Mount Etna that spewed rock over 100 miles. Now, Catania is only 20 miles from Mount Etna, so major damage was done to the city. Still, you can visit out Mount Etna and you can go to the summit uh, as long as they're not having an active eruption, which does happen every once in a while. On my website, you can see video of Etna erupting. But going to Mount Etna is generally very safe. Now, there's a couple of ways that you can do it. You can take a bus out to Mount Etna, but it takes quite a while. There's really only one bus that goes out there once a day and one bus that comes back. A much easier way is to book a tour to Mount Etna, and you can kind of go at your own pace. Most hotels will help you book a private tour, and it's not extraordinarily expensive. But once you get there, you drive up to uh, one of the summits, which is at about 6,000 feet. At that point, uh, they put you on a cable car. You can't hike up there. It's a pretty arduous hike. I suggest taking the cable car. It is 30 euro per person. And that takes you from 6,000 feet to about 7,500 feet. And then you jump in a Jeep for an additional 40 euros, and that'll take you all the way to the summit. Like I said, you can hike all the way up there if you want, it's not that easy, and for 70 euros, I think it's worth it taking the Jeep and taking the cable car. Here's my recommendation, though. If you plan on going to Mount Etna, check the weather first. It is possible, especially in uh, winter, but all year round, it's possible to get uh, clouded in, and you won't be able to see anything from the summit. Once you get to the summit, it, what's fascinating about Mount Etna, when, whenever I think of a volcano, I think like a, a big mountain and it's got a peak and that's where all the lava is. But the fact of the matter is there's hundreds and hundreds of dormant vents all around Mount Etna. If you imagine them, all of these at one point or another had lava coming out of them. It's quite an extraordinary place to go. Also, keep this in mind. At uh, 9,000 feet, 
it's cold up there, okay? Even if it's hot down in Catania in the middle of the summer, you want to bring jackets, hats, gloves, the whole, the whole thing. And in winter, there's tons of snow up there. Um, I suggest going in, you know, not in the winter, um, but you can go in the winter. It's fine. In the summer, though, it's still cold. So bring your heavy uh, winter clothing to go to Mount Etna. There's no getting around. There's a lot of tourists going up Mount Etna, and most of them go from the south-facing summit. So if that's, if that's your plan, that's fine. Just know that there's going to be a fair amount of tourists up there with you. If you have access to a car or if you have a little bit longer, you can go up the north face, which is much less touristed, and is maybe a little bit better choice for folks who want a more pristine view of Mount Etna. Outdoor markets are one of the biggest joys of a visit to Sicily. They're filled with fresh fruit and veggies all year round, along with prepared food, sweet treats. I shop these markets whenever I'm in Sicily. I especially like to get a place where I have my own apartment and my own kitchen so I can go down and shop for ingredients every day when I'm in Sicily. And Catania has two of the best open-air markets in all of Italy. Uh, behind Via Etna is a market called at uh, Piazza Carlo Alberto. This is a massive market. It takes up blocks and blocks at Piazza Carlo Alberto. Of course, there is food and produce and meat and prepared foods, but also household goods and cheap clothing and luggage. In fact, one year at this very market, we bought a little handbag because we had a little bit of extra lug, a little bit of extra items that we were bringing back with us. We bought a little handbag there and it was cheap. It was a cheap little vinyl knockoff for like 10 euro, but we still use it years later. It's still in functional shape and it's a lot of fun to visit this market. I'm recording this just before New Year's, and the reason I wanted to talk about Sicily at New Year's was this. At New Year's, there's two traditions that you have to partake in. One is you have to eat lentils. Lentils are thought to bring wealth and fortune to the person who eats them on New Year's. The thought is lentils are shaped like coins. Really? Not so much in my eyes, but that's the tradition. So you eat lentils on New Year's. The other one is you wear red underwear on New Year's Eve. And the reason is because if you wear red underwear on New Year's Eve, you will have a, how do you put this? A successful romantic year ahead. <laughs> that's all I'll say about it. Okay. But Here's the thing about the markets in Sicily. If you go shopping uh, up until New Year's, you will see vendors who have red underwear for sale in their stalls. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. The other thing to look for is a stromboli. Uh, stromboli in Sicily is a traditional woven basket. They're especially popular in Catania, and they're the perfect size for picking up all your produce at the market. So it's a great little thing to get and a trinket, a symbol, a remembrance of your time in Catania. The second big market is the Catania Fish Market, and that's just outside the Piazza del Duomo. It 
is much smaller than the other market, but it might be even more of a spectacle because the vendors bring in their fresh catches of the day and are selling them right there at the market. There's plenty of live seafood there that you'll see. And if you're squeamish, stay away from the fish market because there's guys with cleavers and they're chopping up seafood. Uh, Sicily is famous for its tuna. So you'll see guys chopping up uh, fresh tuna steaks right there at the Catania fish market. Also keep this in mind. Lots of people go to these markets. Therefore, Lots of criminals go to these markets as well. They know that you're there. They know that you're bringing money to spend. So pickpockets frequent these markets. Just keep a hand on your wallet. Keep an eye on your valuables. You don't want to have your trip ruined by some pickpocket. If you're traveling with your significant other to Sicily, you want to go to Aci Castello. It's just north of Catania. And it's got to be the most romantic spot in the area. There's a little promenade that snakes along the Mediterranean, and it leads to an old Norman castle, which is right on the water. And you should go up there. It has a tiny museum, which is marginally interesting. But for a couple euro admission, you can get in, go to the botanical garden where there's an observation deck where you can see a beautiful 180 degree view of the Mediterranean and also the Cyclopean Isles, which are three volcanic rocks in the water. And Calling them aisles is generous, really. I mean, they're, they're tiny at best, but they have a great story that goes with them. Here's the legend of the Cyclopean Isles. Odysseus, from Homer's Odyssey, you remember him from school, he was visiting Sicily when he encountered the Cyclops. These are the race of giants with that one eye in the middle of their forehead. Well, this one Cyclops, Polyphemus, he captures Odysseus and sticks him in a cave. Odysseus gets Polyphemus drunk and escapes by blinding him with a sharp stick. Guy's only got one eye, so it's pretty easy. Just sticks the stick right in there. He's blind. Polyphemus, of course, is mad. So he starts grabbing rocks and throwing them in the direction of Odysseus trying to sink his ships. But of course he's blind, so he's just throwing them in this rage and they're landing in the water. That's how the Cyclopean Isles were formed, at least according to this legend. And isn't that much more interesting than what a geologist would tell you? Tips and inside information on Destination Eat and Drink. Catania is a big city, but you don't need a car to get around. Most of the sites that you'll want to see are in the main historical region, which is pretty compact. If you want to get to other parts of the city, there's pretty good bus service in Catania. And since you're in Sicily, you're probably going to visit other spots on the island, not just Catania. We'll be talking about some of those places, including some of the smaller towns in later episodes of Destination Eat Drink. If you want to go to them, most of them are accessible by the much maligned Sicilian train system. Every guidebook I read talks about how terrible the Sicilian train system is. It's old, that's for sure. 
there are some new lines, there are some new trains, but for the most part, if you're going to some of these smaller towns, it is rather antiquated and the service isn't as often as you would like, but I found it mostly to be very reliable. Um, except for the one time we almost had to sleep in a train station at one little town and got saved by these two little uh, old Italian women who put us in the right direction and got us on our way. But for the most part, I found the train system to be reliable. And in this part of Sicily, we've ridden to Terramina, we've ridden to Syracuse, to Noto, to Modica, lots and lots of towns around here all accessible by the train. There are some other spots that you might want to go to that might not be accessible by train. And in that case, I would suggest getting a rental car. But you don't really need it if you're going to travel to Sicily. We can't talk about Sicily without mentioning the Mafia. The Mafia has its roots in Sicily over 150 years ago. But the fact of the matter is... Thus, the Mafia was much less prominent in eastern Sicily, where Catania is located, than in the part of Sicily where Palermo is, the northern and western regions of Sicily. That said, that doesn't mean there was and there is no Mafia presence in Catania, because there is. But the fact of the matter is, you are extraordinarily unlikely to see a Mafia person or to, see, or to be a part of any mafia violence or crime when you're in Catania. It really doesn't exist very much anymore. That's especially true since the 90s when the Sicilian people finally rose up and said, enough, we're not going to take this anymore, and the Sicilian mafia was forced to shrink, go underground, and become much less prominent in Sicilian life. That's true in Palermo, and that's true in Catania, where the mafia wasn't nearly as much of a problem as it was in Palermo. It's not to say it wasn't a problem. That's not to say that it's not a problem anymore, but you're very unlikely to witness any of it while you're in Catania. The other thing is, if you want to go to, some people want to do something called mafia tourism, um, you can do, I don't find that very interesting. You can go to the town of Corleone, which you've heard of if you've seen the Godfather movies. That's not really near Catania. If you're going to do that, you want to do that when you're in Palermo. But really, there's not much there. Um, I think there's one site where they filmed one scene of the Godfather movie there, but there's not mafia people walking around. <laughs> mafia thrives on darkness and shadows. They're not walking around making themselves known. So going to Sicily in order to see mafia, it, it's not there and that's not worth your time. That said, it doesn't mean you won't be the victim of crime when you're in Sicily. Like any big cities, Sicily has its fair share of pickpockets. You want to always keep your wallet safe and keep your purse close to you. What I do is I always keep my wallet in my front pocket and keep my hand in my pocket. It seems to me to be very unlikely that somebody is going to get into my pocket when my hand is on my wallet and be able to lift it. And when I take my wallet out of my pants and I pay, I'm very careful not to flash a lot of money. 
I don't bring a lot of money with me when I'm out and about. If I'm in a hotel with a safe, I'll put money in the safe and I'll only bring enough money that uh, I need for that particular day. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Destination Eat Drink, the podcast. For more about Catania and for dozens of other great foodie destinations, visit the website DestinationEatDrink.com. We drop a new episode each and every Friday. Join us next week as we take another foodie adventure. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.